All right, welcome back everyone to the Red Diamond Courier. This is episode four and I, as usual, am your co-host, Bob Chichinsky, your resident necromancer. And I'm joined, as always, by our other co-host, Dogged Bark 24 Dogged, how's it going? It's going good. I just want to every- let everyone know again that I am the best dog that always does dog things in a dog-eat-dog world. <laughs> Classic dog. I love it. Never change. Alright, man. So, here at the start of episode four, we have a few things we gotta get taken care of right off the bat, which we usually don't do, but we're gonna go right into all things uh, Red Diamond Courier this week. That's right. First off, we want to say thank you so much to all the listeners that we've had and anyone who has reached out to us and said that they're enjoying the show. We can't even put into words what it means to us, and please know that we seriously appreciate your guys' like, reviews and everything that everything that you guys have told us. Yeah, it blows us away every time we hear anything, honestly. And that is straight to the ESO fam, and um, especially everyone on Twitter. You guys are all super awesome. And we especially want to give a huge shout out to the ESO podcast fam who have been just extremely receptive of us. A brand new podcast hosted by two first time podcasters and they've just taken care of us right from the start and it's been awesome. We want to thank the lore seekers. They were took care of us, give us a shout out on Twitter brought in uh, some listeners from their show introduced you know them to to us our little our little venue over here and then um tales of tamriel the first podcast i actually ever listened to of anything not just elder scrolls gave us a shout out on their show and so did sons of sithis my one of my other all-time favorite elder scrolls podcasts thank you guys so much that was absolutely insane to hear come over my car radio and definitely blew my mind. I'm sure dog felt the same. Yes. And this, which leads us to our next insane announcement, right, Bob? That's right. We have a crazy, crazy announcement. (laughs) We are absolutely excited to announce that our show is now part of the robots radio podcast network that's right you heard it here they invited us to be a part of their network which might be crazy to everyone because it's crazy to me and it uh just is awesome thanks so much to them and if you're wondering there's so many awesome shows on the network with topics including video games, movies, and, of course, the worlds of Elder Scrolls and Fallout that we love so much. Yep, and we are extremely excited and proud to be the newest member of the Robots Radio Network. Now, what exactly does that mean for our listeners, Bob? Good question, Don. It means that we're going to be helping spread more awesome podcasts to them that they can enjoy and give them something to listen to on the days that we don't post anything new or something else while they're bored, as well as continuing improvements to our show as we go along, which is always awesome and something that we've strived for from episode one and that we are happy to say we'll con- you will continue to see and hear from our podcast, including one thing that you will be seeing when you are listening to this new episode, which is our awesome new logo. Thank you, robots. Yeah, thank you, robots. Now that we've got that kind of out of the way, we just wanted to put that out there to everyone that we thank you guys so much for everything that you have uh, reached out to us about and all the love we've got from the other shows, and especially from the Elder Scrolls Lorecast that uh, they've taken care of us. Robots is the host of that. It's a great show. You should go check that out. And another awesome show on the uh, robots radio network but enough of that enough of that so let's get into all things red diamond courier this week we are going to be talking about 
some ESO news right off the rip, just uh, filling you in on things. We also have the first installment of our Dungeon Guide segment that we want to get the ball rolling on, as well as, of course, our leaderboard scores and Dog's Hot Take of the Week, which makes a comeback this week. Yep, and I'm excited for our hot take of the week, or my hot take of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, as you always are, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, Doc, why don't you go into a couple things about the February Crown Store Showcase that just came up today for us. Yeah, so first off, uh, you know, you can find the February Crown Store Showcase at ElderStrollsOnline.com. And one of the biggest things that we are excited for is the Falcon Scoria Arms Pack, which is from February 26th to March 25th. And that means that Bob and I will be farming uh, City of Ash 2 for that Monster Helmet style page. But what he also doesn't know is that we're going to be farming for those Bone Colossi kills so I can finally get the achievement that I want <laughs> from that dungeon. Deadly Deadland Survivor. There you go. If Dog wants you to take away one thing <laughs> from City of Ash 2... It's make sure you go get your achievements so you're also in there farming that style mask on Veteran. And we also have the Merkmire event coming in February, which is going to be awesome. You could go out there and farm that Bright Throats, which we've already told you about how awesome that is. Still running it on my macro, by the way. So during that event, we're going to get the Lizard Crates back. That's right. If you didn't get your lizard mounts and you wanted them, they're going to be there. As well as the awesome Lake Mire Zanmir Manor. The one pretty much where you go underwater into the <laughs> Merkmire sewer water. But see the little fish swimming around and everything in the walls. It's pretty cool. We also have the Frost Atropets coming back. Well, not coming back. Making their appearance. I say coming back because... Everyone got them from the little crown crate we got for free. But they uh, all have a kind of different date, which seems weird to me. But uh, Dog is going to give them out for you. So you will know exactly when you could get the ones you want. Yeah, the first one is the Frost Atronar Kaguti. And that's actually out right now. And by the, by the time that this is posted, you only have like a few hours left to grab it. So oh. make sure that you oh, get on and grab it right away yeah better go do that and then, yeah now the second one is the frost astronaut bear which will be from february 10th to february 13th uh from the 17th to the 20th we'll get the frost astro cinch and then from the from february 24th to 27th we you'll get the frost astro wolf and let me tell you this i'm gonna go broke buying the bear the cinch and the cub because i got the kagooty from the crate a couple months ago and I love all three of the Descent, the Bear, and the Wolf. So I'm going to have to buy all three of them. <laughs> More crowns. to, And those are for crowns, right? Not crown gems? Yes. Okay. I'm pretty sure they're for crowns. Okay. I'm almost positive they are. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Sorry to throw your curveball there. <laughs> but uh, so, yeah. You could get your Ice Atronach pets. That's a little bit of a wrap-up of the Crown Star Showcase. As Dog said, it's on ElderScrollsOnline.com. If you want to go see the whole thing, there's a bunch of cool stuff on it and a bunch more cool stuff you could check out on their website, all things Elder Scrolls Online. One other little thing we want to mention before getting into our next segment is that in the wrap-up of the Crown Star Showcase, it talks about how the... Storm DLC is going to be coming out in late February on PC and in early March on the console, which is a bit unfortunate. And they recently put out the daily rewards for February as it just hit a new month. And you may notice that there is a whole week missing at the end of it. Zoss came out and said that they did this because during update 25, we will all have to re-download the game. And they're trying to be mindful of people that may have to take a bit of time trying to do that before they can get back in. 
So they took away days from the end of the month so that they wouldn't miss. However, now the problem becomes PC is getting update 25 in February where they have accounted for that. But console players aren't going to get that until March where unless they account for that there too, which they might. I hope they do because we we honestly need that too. I mean, I know that there's I can download it in one day personally, but I know there's a lot of people that might have trouble with that. Yeah. And depending on a like when it comes out, I think it's March set or no they didn't say, but like yeah, yeah I didn't get like, a date. depending on when it comes out, if it's a school day, if it's pretty much not on my Tuesday that I have off, I'm gonna probably spend the whole week uh, just trying to download it because of all my siblings and they have school and they get home and playing and that then... fork knife over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tons of fork knife. Yeah. So, uh, this is our plea to all the people at Zaz that aren't listening to us, but <laughs> may we send it out into the airwaves that you, uh, look out for us console players too, and give us a couple days at the end of March where, we won't miss anything if we have to download it extra. So now that we've got that kind of stuff out of the way, we are coming up to the end of Midyear Mayhem, which we are very sad about. But as we told you last time, we had our Midyear memories, and we did have a uh, community outreach thing going on. On Twitter and in our guild, we're trying to get some uh, feedback on other people's mid-year memories, as it is our favorite event here, and the last time we'll probably get to talk about it for a year. So we did get some responses, and um, the first one is from the one and only Lotus of Doom from Tales of Tamriel. He says that, and I quote, Got to grab Volendrung for the first time this event. As soon as I grabbed it, the opposing DC imp came out of Sejanus, and I managed to smash him before he even got down the side stairs to get my kill a player with Volendrung achievement. Very satisfying. And of course it had to be a Daggerfall Covenant Emperor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that is so awesome, Lotus. I'm super happy for you you got to grab volandrug that is a uh, very cool mid-year memory yes i've never got to grab volandrug i have on my healer and yeah you really want to be a stamina character because <laughs> otherwise yeah it's not really built up for it even though it does buff me pretty well but let me tell you when i'm like oh i'm going to switch my back bar for healing wait we don't have a back bar so <laughs> I was able to get my earth or earth core to go off, so I was able to survive like five seconds, like like you know longer before I got to die with the hammer. Well, that was awesome, and thank you, Lotus, for replying. Congratulations on your volunteer drug achievement. That's a tough one to get. Dogged. I know this next one from our good friend and guildy Zekin is close to your heart. Yep, and we kind of shared this. Uh this memory especially it since a, it involves it me friend memory. And, <laughs> yep and pretty much i i gap closed this poor automary's soul in vlasheris to death it was a total of 10 gap closes plus a dot the dot up was applied first um it was ridiculous it was great but it looked ridiculous but i'm telling you it was great it was fun to watch fun to both perspectives we both clipped it it was funny and uh, in case you can't picture this, this means that well, Dogged is probably trying to take a flag. This AD is goes flying by on his horse, and Dogged is now <laughs> gap closing towards him <laughs> over and over. <laughs> so yeah, probably looked a little funny. I don't think I was there for that one. No, you weren't. And I'll let you know that I popped rapids, so I got the my major minor expedition. So I could sprint towards him and then start gap closing. But all I'm going to say is I uh, hashtag bl I blame the broken Mount Salmon system. <laughs> Not my fault. <laughs> all right. All right. So dog is killing people as usual. 
But Zekin <laughs> brought it up, so you know it's a good memory. He must have really remembered that one. Yeah, we were both laughing so hard from that, too. It was great. <laughs> so we do have another one from our guildie. Actually, the next two are from guildies. The next one is from our friend 40s. He specifically from this mid-year remembers an awesome BG where he and Dogged and Zekin, the last person from the last uh, mid-year memory, completely dominated an entire BG with none of them dying once. And he actually had posted a picture of it in our Discord when it happened, so I went and looked, and he went 14-0 and zero, top of the board. That is totally awesome. Especially for all of them to go no death. That is quite an accomplishment. And the second place team only scored up to 75. Which it takes 500 to win a battleground. So yeah. yeah. Way to go man. That is an awesome BG. That is a great mid-year memory for sure. Yep. I also went 13-0. and 0, And then he also mentioned that. <laughs> I was going to leave match... that out. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I know. But he also mentioned that the next actually picked up Bob, and we got destroyed. <laughs> that so... was not my fault, though. Okay, I everyone did bad, not just me. Some matches you just don't have it, you know. That is true. All right, dog. Do you want to give him our last mid-year memory from our good friend Grammaton Dryad? Yep. So what Grammaton Dryad said is that. When a punk Magblade tried to gank him, uh, he tried to gank him, and then and then when he ganked, or here, let me just quote him, okay? Uh, <laughs> he says, when a punk Magblade tried to gank me, and then I killed and bagged them, I almost always bag Nightblades because Cloak is obnoxious. Then he sent me multiple hate mail messages, including how I was lame because I used sloweds, even though I didn't, lol. And this was a... <laughs> In August of 2018. Back when Sloads was then, OP, too. Yeah. And then this is also the event when he met both me and Bob. So, now pretty great that's, year. Yeah. Now, that's a memory right there. But, yeah. That's awesome. Thank you guys all for replying. Um, we love Mid-Year just as much as anyone else. Our favorite event. Sad that it's over, but honestly... <laughs> I think I PvP'd enough because me and Dog went pretty hard. I scored just over eight and a half million AP myself. Yep, and I scored six and a half million on my main and a whopping one and a half million on my hybrid Templar that I'm trying out. And I got three skill points, which is what I needed because that was my main crafter on yellow. So don't worry, I was killing blues and reds mainly blues, on a yellow, while I was scoring that 1.5 million AP. <laughs> so one thing we forgot to mention in our kind of go-over of some ways you could score AP last week was the fact that the nice little corner keeps are going to give you a big fat 8% AP for your whole alliance when you own them. And we're talking Dragonclaw, Draclow, and Brindle. None of the other keeps are going to do any magic trick like this for you. If you own all three of them, you're looking at 24% more AP. You put that on top of a Delve buff, that's 44% more. Plus, you're in yeah. a campaign where it's low population and you're scoring more. That's insane, the amount of AP you're scoring. Plus, during Major Mayhem last week? Are you kidding me? So, yeah. Wanted to remind you guys of that. If you ever see an empty one that you could take for a bit, you guys will get extra AP the entire time you own it. Don't forget about it. Yep. And then if you have all three keeps, draggle to low, if you will. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty OP. Actually, with that and with an extra Delva, 44%, that's a lot. Drag -glow. You're almost getting 50% more. I think <laughs> Drake to Claw is better, but we'll leave that up for interpretation. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that everyone had a great time during the event, at least somewhat. I know it's not for everyone, but uh, yeah, hope that 
you found some fun in it. Maybe we'll get another one this summer. Who knows? But now is definitely some time for some mail clearing and some PVE life because I have 11 days worth of mail and AP scoring rewards of the worthy to clear. By the way, don't forget that you could sell or give your guildies your cold fire siege weapons that you earn in your mid-year boom boxes. If you're not needing them and you're just going to sell or delete them with a merchant, then yeah, put them in a guild trader for a little bit and you'll make more money than you would have with a trader. Or give them to someone you know who loves PvP and they're going to be super excited. They are specific to Alliance though, so don't forget that. Yep, or you can always just drop them off in the guild bank and wait until, yeah. you know, next mid-year or next time that you go into PvP and be like, you know what, I want to defend with some cold fire ballistas or I want to defend with a cold stone trebuchet. Yeah, totally. Alright, so, as we always love to do, we're going to give you our uh, leaderboard scores for the week here. Once again, we do not have PlayStation because the event was just so crazy. That's okay, because next week we will be back to normal, having all three for you. And uh, now that the craziness of mid-year has died down, I do still plan to make some characters on the EU. So I could see how PvP is going over there. I know, I know we have people who have listened from that side of the world so i am gonna look out for you too i'm gonna get your scores so starting off pcna call granted there are 10 days that remain 10 days people not a long time so by the time you're listening to it actually there will be about a week left so there you go that's how much longer you got to kick ep out of the lead because they are still holding it. Man, honestly, one thing I've found out is EP is pretty strong. They're always leading every time we uh, have get, given out a score. So they're leading. They have 64,000. And they lead the All Mary Dominion, who have 56,000. And once again in last place is the Daggerfall Covenant with 53,000. So you have an 11,000 gap from first to last place, 8,000 lead from first to second for EP over AD. Daggerfall isn't too far in last. We can still catch AD, but it would take a lot of work. So let's go DC on the PC NA server. Let's show us what you got. Go, go past AD. Don't let us finish in last this month. Now, we also have our over-reliable Xbox server, where we just reset during Major Mayhem, so we have 25 days that remain. Quite a while. Although, even though such a long time remains, the ranks are the same. Ebonheart leads. Old Mary Dominion is second. And the Daggerfall Covenant is unfortunately in third once again. However, the scores are very close. So I wanted to give you them back to back. So you could kind of hear them without anything in between. First place is 14.3k. Second is 13,980. So very close. Just about 300 back. Just over 300. Second place, 13,940, which is only 40 behind second. So this is extremely close campaign. Like I said, it's only five days in, so it makes sense that it would be nice and close. And yeah, uh, we need to get in there the rest of the month now that mid-year's over and there's not an hour-long queue every time that we want to do something in there. So... We'll be able to get back in there and hopefully get DC up to not last place. Right, dog? Right. All right. So now that we have all the good stuff out of the way, we have a new segment to bring to you guys. Something that we have talked about for a while and that we are excited to bring. Something we hope that 
you could come check out and find some information that you need and that is useful to you and can help you in the game moving along. And that is our dungeon guide section. Now, there are 31 dungeons, not including second versions, that exist in Elder Scrolls Online. So we're going to break this up a bit into a, a batch of episodes. And we plan to be giving out at least one a month, maybe two. We'll see how it goes. We'll be starting with three dungeons at a time and right at the top of the list with Fungal. The main focus is we're going to be going through these to kind of show you how you can get through them most effectively and what sets that you're going to want to go after. Keep in the bank for a build or feel okay to just decon, sell, kind of get rid of. So we're going to be doing a lot of set talk in this pretty much is what I'm saying. That's our goal is for you to hear, should I go into there? Should I try and get these sets? Is it a dungeon I can easily farm? If I want these sets, some of them are situational and you could use them in different ways. So um, if you ever hear a set on our show that you want to check out further, ESO-sets.com is a great site. It's ran by none other than Alcast and Wohler, who also run an amazing uh, Discord bot, the Dwemer Automaton, who can give you sets in your discord server go check that out there every set in the game is on there and very accessible easy place for you to find them yeah yep and uh we definitely use that uh outcast spot the dwemer amaton a lot (laughs) yeah he gives us pledges he gives us the uh sets he gives us the golden every week he also shows us the luxury he his bot is just super nice and we, we love it. <laughs> yeah, we really do. It's amazing. So let's delve right into this dungeon guide talk. <laughs> oh my gosh, so corny. <laughs> um, so you want to go ahead and get into Fungal Grotto with them? Yes. So in Fungal Grotto, there's uh, three sets that you can get and two monster sets. The first set is Spider Cultist. It's the light armor set. It'll give you 833 spell crit, uh, 1096 max magicka, 129 spell damage, and 450 spell damage to your Destro Staff abilities. Yeah, this set is kind of alright. I mean, it's very situational, especially in the sense that you're going to be needing a specific staff one of probably the monster skill lines where you're gonna be looking at something that buffs up your weapon skills so for example out of veteran dragon star arena you're going to be pulling master staffs which are going to increase the damage done with your i want to say shocking reach but the uh Save me, dog. What's the name of it when it's just not elemental? Destructive Reach? Yes. Yes. Okay, so that's going to increase the damage of that. So, you could wear this set with a staff that is going to increase damage or do something extra with a skill. And this this set is just going to do it on top of that, too. It's going to increase it. Other than that, it is not the most viable set because you're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of things with other class abilities and other things that you're not gonna use. So, probably one you're gonna be deconning and selling most of. One on the other hand that you probably won't be, well, it is a bit more viable, is the Viper Sting Medium set. And the first three passives you're going to get out of it, you're going to get two that are going to be weapon crit overall and one max stamina. So it's definitely a good stamina set. It's a high crit set, which is always nice. Not exactly always the best for PvP, but it's still nice to have a good base crit. 
And the fifth passive is when you deal damage with a melee attack, you deal an additional 7,040 poison damage over four seconds and can occur every four seconds. So as long as you're dealing damage constantly with a melee attack, this can have a 100% uptime, and it's a pretty sweet poison dot. Now, dogged. What if I am a total newbie here, and I'm reading this, and I'm like, okay, what's a melee attack? It's a light attack, a heavy attack, any skill where you don't shoot a projectile at the other player. Templar jabs are an exception, because they're kind of a weird hybrid of both, like an AoE and a range, and it's they kind of change it up, so jabs are a little bit weird right now, so I wouldn't, like, be, so I wouldn't be freaking out if you're, it doesn't, uh proc whenever you jab somebody so it's going to be really good for like stamina builds using two hand or dual wield not necessarily perfect for a bow build but anything with this kind of upfront melee damage yes or savvy tanks that want to shield bash their friend to death while they're <laughs> afk and seared <laughs> gotta go That's find right. your I'll friend find you, Bob. oh my god <laughs> it's gonna bring his yellow tank over and uh, bash me to death because I'm writing show yeah. notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so why don't you give us a, a quick overlook of this last set, uh, well, five-piece set that you could get from Fungal. All right, the last one is the heavy armor set. It's Draking Slayer. Uh, it ga- it uh, gives you major brutality at all times, which is the weapon damage buff by 20%. And when you kill an enemy, you gain major expedition for eight seconds which is the increased movement speed for 30%. That is a pretty awesome set. I remember that we actually, when we were first getting into dungeons, we saw this set and we're like, whoa, that's awesome, let's farm this. And then we later realized that there's like a billion ways you could get major brutality without having to have it from your set. So... We ended up not running it as yeah. much as we thought, but I, I still like the concept. I mean, it frees up a slot on your bar. And we actually ran the ran these on our yellow crafters inside of Cyrodiil, inside of Sothasil, in the thirty day non CP campaign way back when. We did. We <laughs> really did. Back when you finished first in that and didn't get Emperor. No, that was not on that character. Oh yeah, we never run. You're <laughs> right. You're right. always right dog i'm just kidding all right so let me go over the monster sets real quick there's going to be two versions because we're combining the fungal one and the fungal two together so fungal one you're going to fight the dro king at the final boss fight of the dungeon so it's going to be a two-piece set when you have the head and the shoulders This is only going to drop from the veteran versions of the dungeons as well, just so you know. The first one is going to give you 1487 physical penetration, which is nice. Penetration is always good, especially for PvP. Second, the big one is going to give you 10% chance to deal a conal AoE in front of you for 1300 physical damage every 4 seconds for 1.2 seconds, dealing... Or for 0.4 seconds every 1.2 seconds. My apologies. Dealing 3,900 overall damage if all the hits land. Which can be tough. But you can get them all down. And it can happen every 3 seconds. So it has a little bit of a downtime. But there you go. As far as the Fungal Grotto 2. You're going to get a different monster set. Because it's a different end boss fight. This one is going to be called the Spawn of Mafala, and it is as well another stamina-centric monster set. This one is going to give you overall stamina with the one-piece and with the two-piece. It's going to give you the benefit of fully charged heavy attacks, create a web for 10 seconds that deals 1,096 poison damage every second. To all enemies within 4 meters and reduces movement speed by 50%. This can occur every 10 seconds. So that's 100% uptime as well. 
it's going to be dealing poison damage every second for 10 seconds. So if they're in it for long enough, it's going to deal a significant amount of damage. To, especially to werewolves. Especially to werewolves. And it reduces their movement speed. So that's actually, you know, I'm, I've never played with that. There's a lot that I haven't played with, but sounds like something that you could squeeze into a uh, a more specific build and get some effectiveness out of. Yeah. Now, the next uh, dungeons that we're going to talk about is Spindle Clutch 1 and 2. And the first set that we have is Prayer Shawl, which is the light armor set from there. You get some max magicka from it, some spell damage, some magicka recovery. And then whenever you heal a friendly target, you have a 6% chance to grant them a damage shield that absorbs 2,425 damage for 6 seconds. Now, me personally, I would not really recommend this set as I believe that Combat Physician is a better set that does a similar type of shield shielding mechanic, but it gives it to one person every so often, but it is also a bigger shield. So far, the light set for both dungeons have not held up so well. But let's see how the medium set holds up in this dungeon. It's going to be called Spelunker. For your two, three, and four passives, you're going to get max stam, stam recovery, and weapon damage. At the fifth item, it's going to add 400 weapon damage and spell damage. So that's a nice little hybrid, even though it waits till the fifth passive to do it, which is unfortunate. And it only adds this buff of 400 spell and weapon damage to your undaunted abilities. When an ally uses one of your Undaunted Ability Synergies, you also restore 1500 Stamina. Okay, that's kind of weird that they make it hybrid at one point, but not any of the other points. But Yeah, what I was kind of thinking about this set is, like, I feel like this would be most effective on a tank, but you'd have it on, like, your back bar. So you'd have, like, a sword and shield, and then you'd have, ma- like, a Maelstrom sword and shield, and then the three jewelry. And the reason why you'd have this, because on your back bar, you could have, like, all your different Undaunted abilities that you might have. So your Range Taunt, which is Inner Fire, Bone Shield, which is a good shield, especially for, to give to your uh, dungeon yeah. people. And it's a synergy for them, them, too. Yep. All Undaunted skills are synergies. There is a synergy for everyone. Oh, there you go. Learn yep. something new every day. Yep, I actually learned that pretty when I was looking up this set, so... Well, there you go. Uh, The Necrotic Orb, which uh, can either heal or do damage, but it but the main purpose of it is that it can everyone can synergize it, and they get resources back when they synergize it, so it's really good. And then there's the Blood Altar, which is kind of like a burst heal for anyone who synergizes it, and it's pretty good. And when you use these Magicka versions, which is the Inner Fire or Necrotic Orb. Or even Blood Altar. And if you're like, you know, if you have to block this, the boss's heavy attack, and you just need a little bit more stamina, that's something that you can easily do. You just pop that, and someone can synergize it right away, and then you have that that uh, efficient uh, stamina that you have. And then, for anyone who doesn't know what the Maelstrom Sword and Shield does, is whenever you use Heroic Slice, or Heroic Slash, it gives you 2k magic and 2k stamina. And Heroic Slash also gives you ultimate whenever you use it. So it is recommended to be, to have it. So, Well, there you go. There's definitely ways to make all kinds of set work. And don't be afraid to try something a little wonky. All of a sudden you find something that is really cool. That's how content creators make builds. They try everything. So the Nightmare set is going to be the heavy set that you could get. It's going to give you overall armor, max health, and weapon damage. The five piece is going to give you, when you deal melee damage, you have a 20% chance to apply minor maim to all enemies within 8 meters of you for 5 seconds, reducing their damage done by 15 seconds. Yep. Dogged, what do you think about this set? All right. Well, this set would be good in PvP ball groups to help make it mitigate all damage or all incoming damage. 
Uh, it has no cooldown, so a stand build or tank could theoretically always have minor maim and to enemies around them. And you know, we fight uh, ball groups a little while, and this set can definitely give us nightmares. Yeah, it definitely can, man. <laughs> I mean, I could see some ways to make this work. The only thing that does suck is that it's when you deal melee damage. So it wouldn't really work yeah. for unless you're doing a stand build for sure. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it's this is definitely something that a you know PVP ball groups where they kind of move around, they move together, so they'll push back in and they can like you know hit someone with a heroic slice or a dizzy swing or just a light attack, and it has twenty percent chance to proc. And next thing you know, you can ulti dump them all as they can't do as they can't ulti dump you back, or they can, but you know, their damage is reduced by 15%, so. Yeah. All right. So the monster sets out of there. Once again, we're talking of a Spindle Clutch 1 and 2. You're going to be looking from Spindle 1 at Swarm Mother. One Piece is going to add Stam Recovery, and then you're going to be looking at Two Piece when you block an attack from an enemy that is further than 8 meters from you. You spin strands of spider silk to pull the enemy to you. This effect can occur once every one second. So when you're blocking, as long as the enemy is further than 8 meters from you, if they hit you with a projectile, you're going to pull them into you. So that could be pretty good for... If you're trying to do a tank that isn't a Dragon Knight and you don't, need resistances from your monster set which you probably do if you're not a dragon knight but hey if you don't then this gives you a free way of having a chains kind of thing that pulls enemies to you i've also seen uh stamplars use that set in battlegrounds on me and which is weird because normally they use that fighter's guild ability but it's kind of one of those silver one leash. Of things yet they use silver leash on me so it was weird when i saw this and as soon as I was pulled in, he just jab, 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 jab until I was dead. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I could kind of see it. You could make it effective. That's for sure. So the other one, which is definitely effective and one of the more meta monster sets is blood spawn. It's going to give you stamina recovery for the one piece. And for the two piece, it says when you take damage, any damage, so when you take damage, you have a 6% chance to generate 14 ultimate and increase your physical and spell resistance by 6,450 for 6 seconds. This effect can occur once every 6 seconds. So that's an 100% uptime, and it increases your resistances way up there and gives you 14 ultimate, which is a lot. So that it's only a 6% chance, but it's when you're taking any damage. So dots, AOEs, damage from the dude fighting right in front of your face, siege weapons, any damage. Definitely one of the more meta sets out there. Yeah, I think this is one of the sets that we see a lot of stand builds have, and they get become tanky, and they build up ultimate really back, which means Dawnbreakers for days. <laughs> yeah, Dawnbreakers for days and survivability for days, as we have fought many, many of those stand builds this week in Major Mayhem. Yes, we have. So the last dungeon we're going to talk about today is Darkshade. Once again, this is going to hit the sets for Darkshade 1 and 2. Also, since we didn't really go over it at the start, we don't want to just give you the sets for these dungeons. We also want to kind of go over anything in them that can help you out. Just these original ones are pretty on the easier side. So there's not too much to go into. But we do highly recommend that you go in there and check them out. Even just on normal, the aesthetics of them are totally beautiful. They're all in a kind of a cave, more of a cave setting. Well, these three at least. There's some good fights in there, though. The quests for every dungeon give you a skill point. So go check them out and check out some of these sets that we're talking about. Anyways, let's get to the last one for you guys. 
we're going to be looking at Darkshade, and I'll let Dog give you the first set. The first set is Netch's Touch. It's the light armor set. It gives you spell crit, max magicka, spell damage, and then the fifth piece is it, that is that it adds 400 spell damage to your shock damage abilities. And this is set is pretty basic. Uh, Mag Sorks would definitely get the most benefit out of it since a lot of their stuff is shock damage related. And you definitely want a Lightning Staff if you're going to run it. Yeah, and it's a set that when you're doing maybe like a pet sork, if you're doing full lightning, I mean, I guess, like you said, that's probably going to be the biggest benefit. One of the sets that Dogged and I both have ran, and we know a couple people who also just really like this set, is Strength of the Automaton. It's the medium set. For the two, three, four pieces, you're looking at overall weapon crit, max stam, and weapon damage. So, one of each, really awesome. Plus, for the 5-piece, it adds 400 weapon damage to your physical damage abilities, which can be huge. We used to run it in pair with a couple different things on our Stam Warden. Yep, spinning the winning all day. Yeah, all day long. So, Dog, can you uh, list off a couple of physical damage? What's... What's physical damage mean to people? Well, physical damage is pretty much anything that is two-handed related. Or not two-handed, but anything like that has to do with your uh, either two-hand or, uh, what is it called, dual-wield nice. set, or like those kind of skill lines. So, spin to win, snipe, dizzy swing, executioner, all those kinds all of stuff. All that good stuff, yeah. yeah. Sweet. Another set... That is really good out of there. Well, I mean, you can use it, that's for sure. It is a heavy set, and it's called Truth. Gives you overall weapon crit, max stamina, and weapon damage on the way up. Just like Automaton. Gives you all three. Except this is heavy, so it's a little different. Five piece, when you set an enemy off balance, your weapon damage is increased by 450 for 10 seconds. Now, when I'm reading this, one thing is crossing my mind. When you set an enemy off balance, so is it going to increase your weapon damage against that enemy, or is it against your, just your weapon damage is increased after you set someone off balance against anyone? I mean, after reading it, I feel like it, it doesn't really say what it is good enough, so I, it kind of makes me feel like it is for, you know, just in, just in general. But, you know, just in case, I think uh, the best, uh, we have a friend, you know, 40s, he plays Stamplar, and he gets a lot of benefit when he's fighting on a 1v1, because he uses Javelin, and then he also, so the Javelin can offset him from a range, and he just starts spamming Dizzy Swing, followed by Executioner, to kill him. And that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> That is the truth, and Dizzy Swing was changed where now that's what it does is off balance. So, yeah, yeah. If, so it's perfect for the set. <laughs> yeah, and if you don't, if you're like, well, that set sounds really good, but it's a heavy set. Don't worry. Go in there, get the rings, get the weapons. You could still wear an awesome medium set on your body, like Bone Pirate or Hulking Draugr, something like that. Or automatons. Or automatons. You know, there you go. You know, uh, Dark Shade can be your one-stop shop for your new stamp character, <laughs> like your new stamp flower. <laughs> Might be hurting on resources, but you know, you'll be all right. So, Dog, do you want to give them the uh, monster sets for these two Dark Shade one and two they could get? Yeah, the first one is the Sentinel of. It's a Sentinel monster set. I'm not even gonna try with that. Our uh Dwemer guy name but uh yeah the first one is it adds four percent healing done and then the second one is that it is when you ever whenever you heal a friendly target you have a 10 percent chance to summon a Dwemer Dwemer spider that heals for 1000 health and restores 115 magicka and stamina 
to you and your allies within five meters every one second for eight seconds. This effect can occur once every 15 seconds. And I think this is a common healer set after the nerf to earth war happened. I see, I kind of saw this set being put back into the balance. But me personally, I don't really like that set because I'm not re a really fan of proc sets, especially ones that doesn't have a, you know, close to 100% uptime. That's eight seconds and then seven seconds you're waiting. And depending on uh, when, how often that 10% chance can, can proc, you, you might actually be waiting another, you know, instead of, of waiting seven seconds, you could be waiting 12 seconds. And, and also, I just feel like it doesn't give that much resources back. Like, I as my, as my Templar healer, I have both shards and I have orbs whenever I have them slotted. So, I do help out a lot that way. There you go. The second set is from Darkshade 2, is the Engine Guardian set. Uh, the first bonus is the health recovery. And then the second is when you use an ability, you have a 10% chance to summon a Dwemer Automaton or Automation to restore uh, 1,204 health, stamina, or magicka every half second for six and a half seconds. And then this effect can occur every eight seconds. This is a good set that I see a lot of people using in PvP, especially the pet sorks, because whenever I'm trying to focus on a pet sork, I'll see this uh, Dwemer Automaton pop up, and it's even harder to target them. And it's already hard enough to target a pet sork, especially when I have jabs, and it's just like I have to hit them running harder. Or I have to, you know, I have to focus on hitting him and not the pet. Yeah, honestly, so many builds run this, and... Just for that reason, I think, is because it gives them that kind of escapability where they're able to kind of hide behind this thing that follows very closely behind you. So, All right, so next up we're going we're gonna to be talking about my hot take of the week. Uh, this is a returning segment to the show, and this will be something that not everyone agrees with, or a majority of people might disagree with it. But the main focus of this is to get you thinking and asking questions like, why is something like this, but this isn't? So, yeah. So our, our, our question is, what would you do if next expansion, uh, the add-ons were entirely removed from the game? Would, you, would it make your game harder? Would it make you worse? We think it would make you better and improve your Tamrielic experience. Now that's a hot take, man. There are a lot of people who are very tied to their add-ons. Uh, just yes. like mods in Skyrim, which console players also didn't get for a long time. There are no add-ons for console players. We have first-hand knowledge of what this game is like without add-ons. And that's why we have a couple reasons. Like Doug said, we think it could be a little better for you without add-ons. Don't, don't think we're crazy yet. Listen first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first thing that I think I, I'd like to talk about is, is like, how much is too much for add-ons? You know, like you heard, like we heard Kyle Dempster saying he had like what, like over a hundred different add-ons. Like that's a bit <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, something like that. I think it was over a hundred. But I like uh, whenever I watch him, like his game still kind of looks like Elder Scrolls Online. Now there's some streamers that I've definitely kind of taken a look like, and just by taking a look at their HUD, I was like, is this Elder Scrolls Online? Like <laughs> this doesn't look like anything like the console version like oh i mean except for like you know characters and skills and stuff but yeah like, and that, i bars... mean this is outside just the normal user interface difference this is this is beyond that yeah like you know like i'd be looking at the health bars like where are the boxes like like this tells <laughs> you every character's name their health their magicka their stamina their ultimate like why do you need to know their ultimate i mean i guess i could see it within reason but i mean that's kind of something that i'm like man that's really easy you know how easy that is to like target uh or to team up like ultimates you don't have to ask like hey 
are you guys ready for an ultimate dump? Like, do you guys have your ultis ready? So. Yeah, that would be good for PvP. Yeah, and speaking of PvP, uh, like, you know, there's a lot of PP PvP add-ons. Some are are too helpful. Like, whenever uh, something flags, it tells you what faction flags it. Like, I mean, I think that's, like, too much advantage, especially because, you know, not every player will have that same add-on. And, you know, whatever happened to map awareness? Or is that, you know, something <laughs> us console players just have? Apparently, it's something that we have to have, honestly. And also, text chat, hey, that's what that's supposed to be for. Yep. Not just toxicity, Cyrodiil. Use it right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, use it for map callouts. Use it for, you know, the map awareness. Be like, hey, uh, D-Claw's flagged by, by 20 million reds. And, you know, say, 911, we need help at D-Claw right now. And, you know, people will go up there. Or... If you're the reds and yellows that constantly see me and dogged alone at a resource, <laughs> yeah, nine one one. There's two blues. The world is ending. <laughs> yep, the dog. Yeah, that dog guy. He bagged me twice. I don't want him to bag me again. <laughs> so, I know this is your hot take, but I do even have a little bit to say about add-ons myself because. One thing that I love about this game, and that I hear all the time, best part of ESO, is how open it is, how much there is to explore, and how many quests there are to find. Okay, cool. So, why are you going to ruin that with an add-on? A mini-map on screen that tells you exactly where everything is when you're inside a city to having little spots of resource nodes lit up on it and treasure maps. I mean, does that not ruin the immersion? I mean, this is a game where people talk about immersion constantly. I've had, or I've heard people saying immersion has been ruined in quests because there's other players and stuff. Well, I mean, I hope these aren't the same players that are using a mini map on their screen to tell them where to go at all times <laughs> because that that kills it to me. There's a point where add-ons do get a little too overbearing. So why don't you uh, continue with these PVE add-ons? Yeah. So I think one of the big things about the PVE pve add-ons is i noticed that some of it's like it tells you your rotation like you pop uh an aoe and it tells you how much time you have until your aoe is gone and and like and it's not just that it's like some of the other stuff that uh like other aoe's other dots and it's like wait you don't like not like you don't have any muscle memory of doing that like Where's the fun of that? Like, you know, of learning your uh learning your rotation, becoming better, knowing when to weave light attacks, when to weave he heavy attacks. I think you could better your game by being more in tune with your character and with what's going on and with your rotation than having it be alternatively, artificially, there you go, given to yes. you. So I mean, yeah, that's a hot take for sure. I know add-ons are so close. They're so near and dear to people's hearts. Like you said, there's people running hundreds. So that's our hot take, mainly dogs. Uh, let us know what you think about it. If you think we're crazy, we challenge any PC players to go try it out. See how it feels. See how crazy you think we are. And uh, maybe... Maybe you'll see that it does better your experience a little bit and bring you a little closer to Tamriel. So, Dog, that was another wonderful episode, man. Yeah. Lots going on this episode. It has been pretty, pretty crazy, a pretty whirlwind kind of week for us, honestly, with Midger Mayhem and all other crazy things. Yep. It was a pretty good week. I mean, we scored tons of AP and yeah, yeah millions, almost millions. tens of millions within like hey. within about a two week span. So there we go. 
All right. Well, we thank everyone listening so much for coming out and hanging out with us, listening to our podcast. We hope you we got you some uh, great information that maybe you could use next time you're thinking about doing a different build or going through any of these dungeons. We will continue this and one day be happily through all of them. So uh, if your favorite one is on the list, it's coming up. Don't worry. We want to let you know that you can find us all over the place, and we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can find the show on Twitter at Red Diamond Cast. That's at Red Diamond Cast. No spaces, all one thing. The Xbox Guild that we run is called the Heirs of the Red Diamond. And if you want to be a part of it, you can head over to our Twitter. We have the link to our Discord where you can come talk to us about all things Elder Scrolls and let us know that you want to come play with us. We'll get you in the guild. And, you know, as long as you're cool people, then we'll have a fun time hanging out. Now, you can also find us at robotsradio.net as well as all the other awesome Robots Radio shows. There's also a Robots Radio Discord that I've been a part of for quite a while. It is hugely popping. There's hundreds of people in there, and it is just the greatest community of all. A bunch of awesome people who all love things gaming and nerddom, honestly. It's a lot of fun. We have... Well, we will have our own little show tab in there where you could come yell at us about the Red Diamond Courier and talk to us about, you know, the show and hang out with us. We'd love to hear from you. And as far as hearing from you, we would also greatly appreciate if you enjoyed the show at all. If you could go drop us a five-star rating and a review or a sub on whatever podcast service you're listening to. And if you give us a five-star and review, especially on Apple Podcasts, we will make sure that we get you shouted out on the show. And your words will be read by either me or Dogged. Who knows? Dogged, why don't you let the people know where they can come talk to you about how dogged you are? Well, if you want to talk to me about how dogged I am, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter or on Twitch.tv. Which is, you know, uh, Dog Bark 24. I'm also on Xbox, and, you know, you can come kill me in Cyrodiil and be in bad, come bag me if you kill me. Or <laughs> just know that if I kill you, and then, well, I might not bag you right off the right off the rib. Oh, but, okay. You know. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> me and Dog well, found out during Midyear Mayhem <laughs> that we have a bit of a teabagging problem. <laughs> Yeah. I think we're addicts. We we need to we need to stop. Yeah. Or it's all these freaking Nightblades and Templars. Man. <laughs> yeah, and I play a Templar, and uh, or you can find me a dungeon and be like, man, I'm with this dog guy, and he's pulling the entire dungeon again. <laughs> uh, again. <laughs> yep. All right. So if you want to come. Talk to me about the Chichinsky life. You can catch me on Xbox. Bob Chichinsky, C H I C H I N S K E. I'm also going to be every now and again popping into the ESO PC side of things. If you ever see me on, it's same thing at Bob underscore Chichinsky, which is also going to be where you can find me on Twitter and Twitch, both of them slash Bob underscore Chichinsky. I would absolutely love if you stopped by anytime I'm streaming and talked about the podcast or anything Elder Scrolls. Same thing with my Twitter. Give me a follow. I am doing my best to put out content for you guys. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for coming out and doing this again with me. It's been a great week. Thank you all so much for checking us out. Wow. Yeah. It's been crazy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next week. Yep. Thank you all for watching. See ya. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. 
Have you ever wondered how deep the Elder Scrolls lore rabbit hole goes? Have you got a grasp of the basics and want to find out more about the universe? Written in Uncertainty is here to help you. We'll be mixing in philosophy, theology and whatever other theory is useful with Elder Scrolls texts to untangle some of the biggest questions in the series, like what are Dragon Breaks, how does Chim work, where did the Dwemer go and more. Check us out at writteninuncertainty.com or find Written in Uncertainty on any podcatcher. Thanks for listening and catch you later in the grey maybe of Tamriel. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of two, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing.